The following program was produced by a community producer. The content, views, and opinions expressed are the sole responsibility of the community producer and do not reflect Malden Access Television, the City of Malden, or your cable provider. MATV welcomes your comments. Call us at 781-321-6400 or email us at access at matv.org. Hello and welcome to More Than 02148. I'm your guest host this evening, Ed Lucy, and I have as my guest Jordan Shapiro. And uh, among other things, Jordan is the uh, Marlins answer to the piano man. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I didn't think you were talk about he's, that. He's, he's among other, he's many talents. He's, he's a musician and he's been known to carry with him his portable organ and play at parties and, and bar mitzvahs and anything else that he has a chance to interact with people. Is that in, fairly in, accurate? In, in the public, I prefer to call it my keyboard, Ed, but you're right. Fair That's enough. That's true, but I Fair do. Enough. I have played for many um, events all through law school. I jokingly say I worked my way through law school playing the piano in every striptease hall and bar room in Boston. Did That's you? I, and I did. Yeah, my my neighbor my neighbor was uh, had, uh, had a, was a, a, a musician and at a relatively young age I don't know if he, he must have been of legal age he played at the old Howard. Oh yeah, I, I was there once, but I spent about three years at a place in Revere Beach that you and I are the only ones who remember the Sorrento. Yeah, and they had a terrific program Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night. They'd have a singer, they'd have a comedy act, the old time comedy. People were fantastic, and they would have a stripper who would not go down like they do today, uh, all the way down. They would have some clothing on by the time they were finished. But it was really fun shows and great entertainment. And uh, that's where I learned to drink and uh, play the piano and see strippers. And, and <laughs> develop your personality. I guess, I guess, all of that. <laughs> but I did a lot of charity, a lot of the things for the Malden High School class reunions. I played for many of those events, played for many politicians over the years, and I've done some lots of weddings and bar mitzvahs and all those kinds of things. And I worked in a place called the Lord Wakefield Surely for about four that. years. Yeah. And that was, I had a little trio with a singer and I had a fellow who was a sax and clarinet and a flute player who was going for his doctorate in sociology at Harvard. And so the three of us would have the best time ever. And so, but I, that's a, a part of the saddest story of my life is one of my clients came in one day to see me playing the piano. And it was my, I was a bank president. And he said, Jordan, 
I'm so glad to see you here. And that was the day I made up my mind that I quit playing piano professionally for the rest of my life because I didn't want my clients seeing me as a piano player, for God's sakes. That was <laughs> an embarrassment to me. Now, as I think back in hindsight, that was one of my mistakes in life, but I should have remained playing music because I do love it. I do enjoy it. Now I've got my son is playing the piano, is playing at the uh, restaurant in the All Seasons for a couple of years. Uh, my son, David, the oh, lawyer, he was there for a couple of years. And now his uh, daughter, my little nine-year-old grandchild, is taking piano lessons, singing lessons. Uh, they had a play called Annie recently, and she was Annie. So I'm doing really fun, having wonderful feelings for my uh, children and my grandchildren. Is she redhead? Uh, they gave her a red hair. <laughs> they gave her a little uh, toupee. <laughs> yeah. I just uh, want to recap for the few people who are listening who uh, don't know Jordan as well as m the rest of us. Uh, among other things, he's the past president of the Middlesex County Bar Association. Correct. He's a past president of the Marlin City Solicitor and Town Council Association. Massachusetts City Solicitor. Yeah. state of Massachusetts. Right. Yeah. He was a city solicitor in the city of Marlin for about 20 years. True. And um, he's, of course, he's obviously a member of the Bar Association and currently he's active practicing attorney with a law office here in Marlin. Yep. And he's he's been president, and the show is local civic activities. He's been president of the Marlin Kiwanis Club more than one more than one occasion. Right. Fact, um, just this president? year, I am the president, yeah, which you, I want to tell people about. Yeah. Yeah. If and I we're going to talk yeah. about that. Yeah, that'll be great. And, and in addition, to that is Jeff advocate for the Great Lodge of the of the Masons. Masonic, I am. Yeah. If you're a bad Mason, I'm the one in the whole state of Massachusetts that throws you out of the fraternity. For the and entire I, state? For the entire state. I'm the judge advocate for the Grand Lodge of Masons in Massachusetts. And so I was the past master of my own Masonic Lodge right here in Malden um, many, many years ago. And now I'm active now in we are moved out of Malden into Linfield, which is now the name is the Converse Lodge. And you may know that we're honoring the Converse family in Malden in June, the weekend of June 25th. And we have several celebrations in their name. The first uh, mayor of Malden was a Converse. 1882, Converse I think. Uh, you know all that stuff as the mayor that I had the pleasure of working with during my yeah. 20 years of being the city solicitor. In fact, his son was the f murdered in a bank robbery, which was the first one in First bank murders, yeah, in Malden, I think, yeah. Right, and yeah. Um, from that came his uh, civic activities and, and charities where he donated, I think, Pine Banks is really part of their estate. Oh, of all over the city of Malden right. is the yeah, recognition yeah, of yeah. the Converse family. You're, you're also uh, um, the, been president of the Chamber of Commerce. I have been in many years, and now I am blessed with being the board attorney since 2012. And somebody told me that as long as I don't bill them, I can be the board attorney forever. Yeah, we're just so I'm having a lot of fun yeah, with pro that. Pro bono, as they that's say. That's what they I'm glad to do. That's part of the uh, importance of lawyers. I wish I could have more lawyers involved with charitable activities, but there are not many. And so I'm enjoying sitting on boards. And um, almost all the time, uh, I'm called upon to give some legal help, and I'm glad to do that. But the sad thing is that many organizations don't have a lawyer on their board and they make mistakes, they get in trouble, and so I'm glad to do that. That's one of the things that I am blessed. I'm a Capricorn, and so one of the things that's part of my nature is I like to help people. If you tell me a sad story, I'll help you. I don't care about the money, I don't care about the difficulty, the complexity, but if you have a problem or an issue that you need help, I'm probably a good person to start asking. 
but I'm a sucker for sad stories. Don't, don't, don't be encouraging people to look for free legal uh, advice. I know. I know. <laughs> but uh, we, you know, as I, as I as I went through that and getting maybe to start with, you mentioned the your experience with the city of Malden. There was. Uh, originally, I assume was assistant city. I was the assistant from '78 to '80, right. and then in '80 until '98, uh, right. I was the city solicitor. Yeah. I had a wonderful law department. Kate Fallon is still there right. and doing wonderful for the city, and she is very smart and very bright. And actually, former city solicitor of Melrose, John McNaught, is now in the Malden Law Department doing wonderful. And I think the former city solicitor of Medford. Kate has incorporated into the city um, of uh, of Malden's law department. So we were, we had some great great results for the city. And actually, um, I have uh, in my capacity as the president of the uh, State City Solicitors Association, I was invited frequently to talk about my 20 years in Malden because no other lawyer in the whole state had the uh, exciting cases, unusual, scary fun from my perspective cases like existed in Malden we know he had problems with our state representative who was taking photos of his au pair we had problems with police uh, arresting the police commissioner in I those days you remember, remember, remember we had a that. police officer who was helping me doing repossessions uh, of a motor vehicle in Stoneham and was uh, sued for civil rights violation. We had a, another police officer who um, uh, was uh, throwing motor vehicles into the uh, water to collect insurance. And I mean, most unbelievable cases in the I had ever imagined that I would be involved with. Of course, the other exciting part of my job was I negotiated with the seven unions that were in the city of Malden. And Tom Noon was my predecessor, my dear friend who passed away, Joey's uh, father, who was a great city solicitor in Malden, very close with my dear friend Jim Conway, who was also unfortunately passed away. But uh, those uh, days were so, so exciting. And I can never forget uh, negotiating with the police union one day. And one of the police officers said, we were on the fourth floor, he said, see that window, Shapiro? If you keep it up, I'm throwing you out that window. And those were the days you weren't supposed to be threatening or thinking about violence to the uh, people sitting across the table from you. But those are lots of exciting days I had working for the four mayors I worked for in my time. Mayor Howard was the last, and then you were one, and Tom Fallon was one, and, and Jim Conway was one. And two two attorneys out of four mayors. Uh, that's uh, about it. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Now, when you're negotiating a contract and you get that part as a as a negotiating point, did you suggest to the mayor at that time, it seems reasonable what they've asked, so why don't we close the window and sign these? <laughs> well, the there was a lot of uh, of uh, skill and uh, a lot of uh, um, thinking about. Uh, um, trying to resolve matters in an amicable fashion rather than fighting. And so very frequently after the negotiations, the president of the union would meet with the mayor and somehow they'd always come back with a resolution. And so I didn't have too many appeals from the unions. They have, if we don't settle at the uh, table in City Hall, they have rights to appeal. And so I had very few of those. Fortunately or unfortunately, I had very few where I had to terminate half the fire department one year where we were cutting their budget. 
Uh, I wasn't involved with the school department cuts, but there's school department cuts that are awful scary for parents and family, and even all of the citizens are involved. And you cut safety, uh, police, and fire departments. It's just an awful thing. But fortunately, I always, always came back uh, before my terms were over, and so I was feeling pretty safe. I know I, my joke about negotiating with unions is when I negotiate with the police department, I was afraid they would beat up my kids. When I was negotiating with the fire department, I was afraid they'd burn down my house. The best union to negotiate was the library, because if they didn't like me, the worst they would do is revoke my library card. I thought but they wouldn't talk joke. to you. That's, no, they wouldn't <laughs> talk to me either. But that's all a plea, a joke. That's yeah. all a joke. The police and the fire departments yeah. of Malden are the nicest people in the world. Actually, in my job as Kiwanis president, the police chief and the fire chief have both made, made presentations to the Kiwanis Club this year. And so they're wonderful. Kevin and uh, Bill are the nicest people in the world. Yeah. So they, they run the best departments in the world, too. Uh, we won't... Uh, venture into the, because uh, I don't know enough about the details, but uh, we were just briefly chatting about it before the program and indicated that in some fashion, a police car was stolen yesterday, so Unbelievable. that must leave a lot to be desired in terms of how well <laughs> it was secured before it was taken. I can oh, I visualize, can uh, I hope it wasn't one of those situations where the, he it was at Dunkin' Donuts and the car <laughs> was left running while he went in for the coffee, but... Oh, but I, in fact, I, I heard a story the other day about uh, someone who was uh, on the fire department, and uh, he was saying that he had gone into Dunkin' Donuts for, uh, and he had his uniform on, and so he ordered a, some sort of a lactate kind of, kind of coffee, and, and uh, we started to pay for it, and she said, well, no, we don't charge the police when they come in for the coffee. Wow. He said, well, I, he said, I'm on the fire department. And they said, that's $2.99. Oh. <laughs> no, oh, my I God. That's no true, respect. No respect. What yeah. a riot. Uh, we've, we've got a lot to talk about, about that, your experience in the city's 20 years as a, as a solicitor. But also, you've had, a, 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 if I'm not mistaken, three generations of attorneys in your family. Your father was an attorney. You're true. obviously an attorney. True. And your son is my an son assistant My son is the attorney, lawyer assistant. for the city of Somerville. Now. He's now the uh, city a solicitor for Somerville, who was Frank Wright, right. who was a uh, city councilor in Melrose for many, many years, Correct. and then became the city solicitor in Somerville. His first job was working for me in Malden. And so he could write down in his resume when he looking to get a job in Somerville that he had this experience is, in municipal right, law. Right, right. That's Frank Wright, W R. Who's related to the Colmans. That's correct. Very yeah. nice guy. Yeah. And so he retired, I think, uh, next week or maybe stop now. So my son is now acting city solicitor in the big city of Somerville. Yeah. They've lost several employees there. They're, going crazy because the new mayor, they have a new mayor, Joe Cretatoni, left their bigger and better job, I guess, as I read in the papers. And so uh, the uh, new mayor is not funding anything more for the law department until, I guess, July 1st is when they'll start working on their uh, budgets and finalizing everything that has to be done to fund the uh, law department. But my son is really, really busy there. The the interesting thing, you mentioned some of them, you, and you mentioned your son, and you mentioned uh, uh, Wright, uh, uh, although he wasn't—he was—he has a Marlin connection, or living in Melrose. But there have been other people in the past from Marlin attorneys who have worked in the law department in Somerville, and I don't—I don't understand maybe why all that happened. But I think back—I can think of a couple of different attorneys locally at one time were represented in 
in the, in the law department over in Somerville. It's kind well, of an interesting Well, well it, it is an interesting thing, but understand Somerville is a much bigger city than we are. They have a law department of six to eight people. We have two or three if we're lucky yeah. uh, each year, and so they have a much bigger department. They are moving, people moving. They have specialists in unions, specialists in zoning, specialists in auto accidents. They have specialists in lots of stuff. My, my son is the litigator. He likes doing yeah. trials and jury trials following in my footsteps. But my dad preceded me, was an old-time collection lawyer, and we, the joke about my dad that you may or may not have heard was in those days there was no restrictions on debt collecting. In the, and my dad was a lawyer, started in 1939. As a lawyer, I joined him in 1966, which is a long time ago. And so my dad was an old-time collection lawyer, and he would occasionally go out in the middle of the night they say, I never heard him admit this, but they say that he would knock on a person's door in the middle of the night, and they would come to the door yawning and say, what, what are you here for? He says, uh, uh, are you sleeping? And the fellow would say, of course I've been sleeping. And my father would say, how can you sleep knowing that you haven't paid for that mattress? And so those were the old days. Now collection lawyers can't do that. I do a lot of I represent a lot of banks and credit unions, including a lot of Malden credit unions. So I have a lot of big, bigger ones that are all over the place that my office represents. We have five lawyers. We have lawyers who do um, bankruptcy. We have a lawyer who does immigration, lawyer who does employment, lawyer who does auto accidents, and I do a lot of everything. And so we do only civil business. I don't do criminals because it's a crime to give me the case is my joke. I don't do divorces because I don't like to see parents fighting because neither one wants the kids. My joke. And so that's why we do only civil business. The, um, the type of practice you have is, is in terms of the numbers of, of, of within the office itself has grown over the years. Absolutely. And it's expanded in terms of the type of uh, legal work you do do because you just mentioned a whole bunch of variety of things and the specialists in each of the areas. In your, in, your, in your law firm, and uh, that would suggest, uh, number one, is that's, that's the way to go in order to stay current in what's needed to be accommodating to the public, but also maybe it re more reflective also diversity with the community itself in Malden. I think that's true, and again, yeah. I have an immigration lawyer who speaks a couple of languages, and so it's a pleasure when people call up, even if they're not looking for an immigration lawyer, but they call up and they don't speak English as, as their first language, and so I have someone who can communicate with almost anybody who has a language issue. But um, the again, the practice is really, really, we're all busy. My joke is, thank God nobody pays their bills, and so bankruptcy is a wonderful thing. Everybody should do it at least once. And um, so that's what we do a lot of bankruptcy work. We did the couple of big bankruptcies in COVID for big restaurants in Boston. Uh, you mentioned the greatest bar. A lot of people know that's a great uh, restaurant and bar across from the Boston Garden that I did a Chapter 11 reorganization for them. It was the first one on the, a new law in the uh, federal government called Subchapter 5, and I was the first one to have a confirmed Subchapter 5 in the state of Massachusetts, so that shows you my uh, confidence and expertise in doing bankruptcy work of all kinds. And so, as I say, there's one of the lawyers in my office who does 
99% of the work is bankruptcy. We do a lot of real estate work, too. I used to do lots of work for a lot of banks and credit unions doing real estate closings, but um, for a variety of reasons that I'd rather not talk about. I don't um, do those things anymore, but I do still a lot of foreclosures for banks and credit unions that uh, need to throw somebody out in the street, and so my office is very good at that. But I do a lot of speaking and lecturing to lawyers, and if I could, just for a minute, just talk about I don't know whether the cameras are going to zoom in on this. In my spare time, I'm very proud of myself that I wrote these two law books, volumes 48 and 48A of the Mass Practice Series. You'll see I'm Shapiro. I'm the top name in these two law books, and I do get invited to speak and lecture to many lawyer groups and non-lawyer groups about um, primarily people think of me as somebody who's an expert in, in bankruptcy and debt collections and defending people who can't pay their bills. And so I'm very, very good at that. And so I do a lot of speaking and lecturing. And so kind of interesting, I started these books in 1981 with two friends of mine who had already published a couple of law books. One was Professor Perlin, who was the dean of Suffolk Law School. Another one was John Connors, who was the general counsel for the chief justice of the district courts. And those two people were the brains and the thinkers in the group. And I was the one who would talk about how you do things in court the procedural methods and the secrets to winning and strategies and things like that. And so uh, uh, we have very unusual books. We have about 300 forms in these law books, and most of the law books are about 100 volumes in these sets on all different subjects. And ours is one of the few that have all the forms and not only give you the law and the, uh, and the forms, but tells you how to do things in court. So we're very proud of these books. This is now in the fourth edition is what it's called. And people all say to me, who buys law books these days because everything is on computer? And that is generally true, but the last edition we wrote was in 2015. So we have seven years every year. We do an update. So it really is a good thing for me as a practical matter. Uh, the practical matter is that it forces me to keep up to date in all the new laws of the world, of the whole country, on debt collection because it's all federal laws regulated, although there are Massachusetts laws dealing with debt collection too. But most people are controlled by the Federal Debt Collection Practices Act of, uh, of the federal government. And so I have to keep up all the time. And so there's about seven years of updates that come out every year. And people still do buy the updates, but again, most of them will go online, and I do get royalties, uh, even though I jokingly, my wife tells me that my writing these law books in $3 will get me a Starbucks. It used to be a dollar, Ed, but now it's gone up to 3 and now people tell me, no, it's 4 and $5. Well, go to McDonald's, you'll get free cup of coffee. And if I go to Burger King, I can get a free soda. <laughs> and so a lot of people don't know that. I don't and know so that. They, oh, you can't go to Burger King, we'll give you a free drink. Ask for a free soda. They'll give it to you for nothing. They'll say, thank you for coming in. Yeah, Really? Absolutely. I'm glad I see. I was worth my coming on the show today. It was meant to be. We both learned something. Yeah, well, I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll have to think about that uh, early in the morning. I'm not too keen on soda. But anyway. Oh, yeah. um, so I'm having a lot of fun with my law practice. People ask me when I'm going to retire. And like Joe Crokin, I jokingly say, someday I'm going to die at my desk. So I am enjoying what I'm doing. And I'm trying to cut back by people tell me cut back from 70 hours to 50 hours a week but I'm not quite there yet 
but I am working with some of my associates that maybe we'll reorganize someday and I'll be able to slow down. But I have a wonderful wife that lets me work, lets me do these charitable things. She says she never sees me at night, but she lets me get away with it, so I do. And, um, and so I'm enjoying all of these charitable organizations, even um, uh, my, my own temple I'm very active with. I'm active in the board of, of UMA, which is doing some amazing things. People don't realize that we now have a new director. It's very important that it be publicized, that Ron is being, having an honoring of him on uh, June 16th, honoring him, doing a roast for Ron uh, Cox at uh, Anthony's, and uh, tickets can be obtained by <clears throat> contacting either the chamber or UMA, uh, and there were tickets. I don't remember what the price is. I think the twenty or thirty dollars a person for the dinner, but uh, it's going to be a roast for Ron, and it's going to be fantastic. And so he's retiring. We have a new new lady uh, that we imported from I think Minnesota, right? And uh, she's a sweetheart and uh, doing wonderful things for Umar. The employees seem to like her, and she's got some progressive new ideas. And we're trying to work on uh, selling this property and maybe moving into uh, the courthouse someday. We're working on that. That's a goal. But again, that's not guaranteed. We have no idea what's going to become of that project. But uh, still, we're doing wonderful charitable things. Our camera people are out all over the place uh, doing wonderful programming. The June uh, events that the mayor has been having in City Hall. We've covered all of those, so it's really fantastic. And uh, just even this weekend, now you get me to segue into the Kiwanis Club. I'm the president for the second time, and this Saturday we were blessed with the most amazing weather in the world for what we call bubbles and books. We have about, uh, again, some of the organizations in Malden don't have a strong core like I think we do. Um, the Kiwanis Club, we have 15 or 20 that are very, very active. And so this Saturday, last Saturday, excuse me, June 4th, uh, we had a Bubbles and Books event. We give away thousands of books to children. Uh, we have uh, toddler books up to adult books. And we gave away thousands of books this Saturday. In addition, we had a puppeteer from 2 to 3 o'clock. Kids were in hysterics. They were cheering and laughing and standing and sitting, doing exercises with her. She's just fantastic. We've had a, for about six years we've been doing this event. We skipped the COVID years, but uh, we've been doing that, and she's been here, and the kids love her. Then we have a bubble maker from, uh, four to, uh, from 3 to 4 o'clock, and he was fantastic. The kids went crazy over him. Then we have a free slush. And we normally do free face painting, but we're, uh, again, blessed to have some very outstanding members from the Mystic Valley Charter School, the Superintendent Alex Dan, Don Fitzgerald, is all very, very active. Uh, Maureen, whose name is escaping me right now, is another, and uh, Megan are all from Mystic Valley. We have a lot of school, Malden School Committee, Lenny Iovino, John Froyo, Malden School Committee. We have a lot of school teachers, retired or otherwise. Uh, that are in the Kiwanis Club, and they want to serve. Our motto is serve the children of the world one by one, and that's what we do. And you, you, you mentioned the, the thousands of books. What's your source of obtaining the books? Libraries, several libraries, uh, though we're coming every year, 
and they give away all their overloading books. And so it's been an amazing source of um, satisfaction. Some book manufacturers have overloads. They give them to us, and we give them away. It's amazing to see. And we have big bags, and kids walk away with a full bag of books. Right. Nothing now, like it. And, and where the event was held this year, where was it? At that? Miller Park, a little-known park that only you and I know exists, probably, but it's in, uh, off of Harvard Street in, right. in, uh, in, in Malden. Yeah. And it was packed, the grass, beautiful children were using the swing and the slides that are part of this beautiful park. It's all grass. It was beautiful. Actually, there's a fellow named Miller who was a school teacher that is named after, so we think maybe he's looking down on us, blessing how... We did this wonderful event for the children of Malden, and all over the place. I mean, children came from all over. Yeah, the um, you know it's interesting because I don't recall in the local newspaper any promotion for that, but it was obviously a, a great success. Well, well, it must have been through the school system. That's right. We give out, we hand out to every kid in the public in Malden. Uh, schools and in the Mystic Valley Charter School, every kid took home the flyer so all the parents of the world knew yeah. that we had this event. Yeah, yeah. So it's very, very well yeah. done. But you're right, we don't have a lot of the same thing with, you don't see a lot of the Rotary, the Lions, the Kiwanis, they don't do a lot of publicity about their charitable, wonderful events. And so uh, people, if you have a little time and you want to help children, join the Kiwanis Club if you want to do something else, and you are what you are involved with the Lions. The still. Lions, yeah, yeah. Long, yeah. I've been a member for uh, a long time. And you have a wonderful group of nice members, Maldonites too. And so, people should, if you want to do something that helps the community and don't know any other way to do it, uh, these uh, business associations, I call them, although you don't have to be in business. Um, are welcoming new members all the time. We're always searching for new members, but as I say, my Kiwanis Club is pretty well blessed that we've got a good core of members so that uh, we have speakers almost every meeting. As I say, I've had the chief of police, the, ch uh, the fire chief, uh, speaking at my meetings. And next meeting is June 23rd, Ed, and you may like to go to this meeting because you've never seen anything like it, I would guess. We have a fellow who is an expert in raising and racing pigeons. June 23rd at Spatafora is at 6 o'clock. We'll be having this meeting. Everybody can come in. If you are not a member, you want to come in, bring your kids. Uh, we have students we've invited from the high school key club that are the children's group of, of the Kiwanis Club. And so we've invited the Mystic Valley Charter School and the Malden High School students to come and watch. And this fellow is amazing how he talks about how he brings his pigeons to North Carolina or to New Orleans. And at a certain time, a hundred people around the country set their birds free and they will all come back. To their home. And do, does he bring pigeons to, spend to Anthony's when he comes to your June meeting? Absolutely he does, and he lets the children pat them and touch and them. And who cleans up after them? They are in a cage, thank God for that. Well, they but, are. They'll, yeah, but he does let them out carefully, <laughs> and it is tried to treat to see him. He's quite the talented, very, very nice man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe just to touch a little bit on the Kiwanis, um, like most service organizations, uh, you've been, how many years you've been a member? I think since around 1970, yeah. 70-ish. You probably have a lot less members now than you used to have. Oh, geez. When I joined, yeah. I mean, we had uh, lots lots of members have passed on, sure. unfortunately. Um, you 
Mexico. He has uh, still got Bill Dempsey, who I think is 89 years old, something like that. He's, he's uh, I think, in the, he might be 95. In the 90s. I see, he sits correct. next to me at, at Franny's on Friday mornings. Oh, on Friday he's, mornings, we have yeah, our group. Maybe, I try and come there, but I'm not a regular, that's for sure. Yeah. That's a wonderful group of retired yeah. city officials. Well, yeah. the Kiwanians are there, too, with John and That's and, and, right. And Lenny. That's right, right. Yeah. So we have a good time on Friday mornings. Yeah. Uh, if just for uh, maybe for the public out here, I mean, I know that the dynamics have been can change uh, economically for a lot of people in the last couple of years. We're coupled with uh, the virus that's that's been out there, and also obviously about sometimes people's jobs have been impacted as their homes some have. There was a, a temporary moratorium on. Rental evictions, I believe, is Correct. that's not in place now. Not in it? place in Malden now, but it is still in Somerville because I'm trying to. I'm involved with a, an eviction of a lady in Somerville, and so we've raised that as a good defense that can't evict anybody in Somerville anymore. Yeah, yeah. But for the others, but the fact of the matter is, the housing families organization. I should publicize them a little bit because I'm involved with them a little bit, and so they um, they have programs for people who can't pay their rent. And uh, not only do they have programs for people who can't pay their rent, but they will get them funds to pay their rent. They'll give them free legal services. And so there are several organizations around Massachusetts. I'm involved with the Mass Bar Association funding of different organizations. You may be interested to know that the lawyers' fees that are deposited into a bank account get interest. The interest that the lawyers get on their fees are paid to the three different organizations in Massachusetts. One is the Mass Bar Association, and they get funds of the interest on lawyers' trust accounts, and they distribute those funds to service organizations that help the public in legal issues. So there are a ton of them that I, I was involved just a few weeks ago approving funding for like a half a dozen organizations that help immigrants get free legal services to stay in this country. There's a ton of those around Massachusetts for people who are having trouble with the immigration services. And there are other groups that help people file bankruptcy free if you can't afford a lawyer to file bankruptcy. They'll do that free for you. There are other organizations that will represent you in debt collections if you can't afford to pay your bill. You'll get free legal services. So there are lots of free legal services and money for people that was never around in my younger day, that the federal government is providing all over the United States to help people who can't pay their rent. And the other day I was reading in the paper, they now have a foreclosure fund for people who are being foreclosed because they can't pay their money to their lenders, that they're now being funded for that. It's amazing to me how there's lots of money out there. Unfortunately, what I learned more recently is even though we sent $43 billion to the Ukraine, my son who owns a restaurant in uh, Ohio, my son number four, my baby, owns a restaurant in Ohio, they were thinking that the United States might fund $3 billion of funds to help restaurants that are struggling because a lot of people won't go to restaurants. I got probably five people in my Kiwanis club won't go to a Kiwanis meeting in person. So I have to do a lot of meetings. I do my speaking programs usually uh, by uh, Zoom. But a lot of my 
I don't, again, my 20 member core, I'll call them, five of them won't show up at meetings uh, these days just, just because, because of, of COVID. The virus? It's because of the virus, absolutely. It's a, yeah. it's a heartbreak for me. But a lot of people will show up, yeah. a lot of people wear masks. And so we have had some in-person meetings. I am one who is kind of liberal and loose. I'm blessed. I have a holistic doctor who gives me a bottle of pills like that that will fight off all kinds of disease and infection, she said, so I should never be sick. Uh, and so I'm welcoming in-person meetings. I mean, that's where the fun is. That's where we find people at the meetings. We have a lot of fun. I mean, the meetings are mostly entertainment. But uh, again, we have wonderful speakers every meeting uh, that, that I've been the president. And again, we, have a, we had a game night last month, which was a lot of fun. Um, and uh, we just do a lot of charitable things. The other charitable thing I should brag about in the Kiwanis Club is we have a holiday basket event. Last year, we gave only 60 holiday baskets to needy children of Massachusetts on Christmas. And so what we gave was clothes, food, and toys. Not just one or two, five or ten toys, each kid in each family. We collected thousands of toys. We collaborated with the Chamber of Commerce this year, and so we got lots of the businesses uh, contributing to our toy drive. And um, more exciting to me is that many of the deliveries were done by the Malden Police and Fire Department volunteering to help us. And last year, um, we didn't do it for, during uh, COVID, but the, the last December, there were several police and they said they can't look, they're looking forward to coming back next year to help us again because they're so charitable and kind and they know the kids go crazy. They see a, a fire truck pulling up to the house giving them Christmas gifts. That doesn't happen every day. And so and then the other nice thing that I was involved with just a few weeks ago, we did a Bike to the Sea event that Kiwanis and Bike to the Sea Incorporation uh, was uh, the sponsors of. And we had over 200 kids get free helmets, free bike repairs, free safety course, free flyers. Uh, and free pizza uh, at that event. And it was a beautiful, gorgeous day. And we had a couple hundred kids showing up. Again, we send out the notices to the children. So you don't see a lot of publicity on that either. You're right, though. We got to do a better job at publicity because a lot of, but these things are mostly for children. But as I say, the Kiwanis Club has these two major events each year that we're very proud of. We, in, the, in years past, in the last, before COVID, we were giving out 100 bags. And it's not just the bag, I should say. It's a, it's a huge, it's a, like a box that, you buy, that you'd see in, uh, in Staples that you have a, a law office box that's uh, 12 by 14. And we fill it up with, as I say, winter uh, mittens, hats, um, boots. It's just amazing the charity that we have around the Malden to help the children in need. Well, you know, um, what's impressive, uh, what you've been talking about with the Kiwanis and obviously the other service clubs, whether the Junior Aid or the mm -hmm. Zonta or Lions or Rotary, they have their own uh, focus. But it seems that with a, a nucleus of 20 uh, members act, very active, you, you, you do a tremendous amount. And, and But, you know, if you, if you do some... Uh, you're not bragging rights to the to what you're doing. It would be a means, perhaps, of recruiting new members, people who can fit in their schedule, 
And if they can't be, don't be intimidated by how much it can be done. It's just that each member helping out in, in their own way contributes to the success of any organization. That would certainly be true with yours. Absolutely. And a member doesn't have to, you know, take a blood exchange in order to be able to say that I'm a right. member of the quorum. But it sounds to me like uh, uh, with the, the, the nucleus of what you do have, you get an awful lot done. And, and so much of what you're talking about is not really well known by the public and then only because maybe the, uh, the aggressiveness of what you do offsets any need to remind people of how much Well, in, indirectly we do reach some parents who sure, are bringing children to the yeah. events. Yeah. But you're right. Um, there is no really a campaign to recruit members, yeah. and that is uh, something that each year elections are coming up again pretty soon for all of these organizations I'm involved with. And so when we put in the names of the new offices, we usually put a bottom paragraph, if you want to join, contact Danielle, who's a past yeah, lieutenant yeah. governor. Yeah. We have a hierarchy of each local that's club right. that's a state organization and federal organization. Um, it also is involved with the Kiwanis Club. And so we have Lieutenant Governor, very proud that my law partner, Danielle, was a Lieutenant Governor in the past. And uh, she has an interesting story. She volunteered to work in the Malden Law Department when she was going to New England Law School. And when she worked for me, then she... Uh, for the city of Malden? For the city of Malden. Okay. Uh, and, yeah. And when she worked for me, uh, she volunteered and got credit from her classes. That was they did at New England School of Law. I got lots of wonderful students from New England School of Law. Eric Schwartz, who's still a lawyer in my office, uh, is uh, came out of New England. He's been and quite a long time now. He has been. That's true. Yeah. And so, but he's, uh, uh, as I say, Danielle was kind of blessed because she uh, uh, and she uh, called me one day and said. Uh, Gee, Jordan, I'm, uh, I just took the bar exam, and I said, gee, how would you like to come in, I don't know, five or ten hours a week? And uh, she came in five or ten hours a week for about a day or two, and after that she was full-time, busy as can be, and uh, now became my law partner. So she was in the right place at the right time. Yeah. So she's a sweet. I remember loves Danielle. Yeah. The, uh, w uh, she, she's also involved with one of the organizations that I've I mentioned, is it, is it the uh, Junior Aid or the road or the uh, Janta? One I think the, she's in one of those. Yeah. I think maybe Junior Aid, yeah. yeah. Uh, just as aside from what George's been talking about, about exposure and, um, and uh, publicity, uh, I, was, I was walking down the street the other day, and uh, it was Saturday, and my neighbor, whom I didn't know further down the street, was putting some balloons up, and I asked what was the occasion, and it, it turns out, her daughter was graduating high school, and um, so uh, as it turns out, the daughter then came out of the house and was going to then help out putting the, tying up the balloons they were trying to uh, set up in the backyard, in the side yard. And, and after I congratulated her, uh, it turns out she didn't graduate from Alden High, but she graduated from Northeast Regional, and I asked her what her plans were in the fall, and she said that she was going to college, and she named the college in her, in her, in her course of study, and they made reference to the fact because the mayor had announced at the scholarship night last week at the, at, at the Malden High School that each graduate who's a resident of Malden, not a graduate of Malden High School, but who's a resident, whether it be Malden Catholic, the Charter School, yep. Mystic Valley Charter School, Malden High School, and there are and uh, Northeast Regional, there are graduates from there that go to the, the college. But there are other small numbers that go to other uh, private high schools that uh, would be residents of Mala and would be eligible. 
And the and the mother said to me, oh, that's only for Malden High School graduates. I said, no, it's for all residents of the city of Malden who are graduating from some high school this year going to college in the fall. So the point I want to make, and I brought it up tonight, is that the um, there are maybe people out there, in spite of the support, the information, the communication they get from the school, that they may not be aware of it, they are eligible. So, And the criteria is that you're a resident of Malden, and that you're graduating this year from a, a high school in Malden or elsewhere, and that you're planning to matriculate in the fall at a college. And you'll be getting $1,000 uh, from the city of Malden over and above anything else you may have received from other sources. This mayor and his uh, people who work in City Hall are the absolutely most creative and, uh, and talented mayors, other than your term, of course, that I've ever seen. I mean, he really has done things to improve the city of Malden that I don't recall. Um, and it, again, it may be the federal funding or other sources that are now providing the funds, but he's spending the money in such good, helpful ways. And there's something else that you may be interested to know is that uh, the city has granted to the Chamber of Commerce funding for new members so that if anybody you know, owns a business in Malden is not a member of the chamber, they should be, number one. But number two, if you're not a member, if you contact Joan, our director at the chamber, uh, we will give you free membership in the Chamber of Commerce this year that is being funded by a grant from the city of Malden. And so we're very proud of that. The Chamber is also doing some amazing, wonderful things in addition to sponsoring the Ron Cox, uh, uh, co-sponsoring that. We've had a lot of wonderful events through the year sponsoring the different festivals that the mayor has scheduled in the city of Malden like we really have never seen before with our new courtyard and the new city hall, newish city hall, I guess it's not new anymore, but uh, seeing the events that the mayor is bringing in, the, the talented people, I mean, people are watching the show who don't go to the events in Malden Square when the mayor is running them, uh, ought to be doing that for themselves and children. I mean, they have magicians, they have uh, stilts, they have uh, um, painting and they have uh, musicians that are outstanding, every one of them. And so it's uh, really a nice thing to, to, to see going on in the city, what the mayor is doing with the funding that he's getting, in addition to fixing the streets. And I see electric poles and other things like that. The, Craig Spatafora is the president of the council, and he and the councilors are doing some wonderful work to help the city of Malden, avoiding, I see they're doing the anti-discrimination programs and helping people, again, getting funds to keep their homes and keeping their rent paid. And it's just an amazing, uh, amazing city officials that we now are blessed with having in the Malden, as, as you had in your days. Well, before the end of our program, I just want to see to show you that you're not infallible is that maybe you can come up and give me an idea or a comment about someone you get negative thoughts about. <laughs> but, uh, I, I, but anyway, I get along well with everybody, <laughs> uh, the one or two that don't like me. And what I tell people is, you know, I may try and rip your throat out in court, but after the hearing, I'll take you to lunch. Well, anyway, and that's the yeah. way uh, lawyers should be. Yeah. A lot of lawyers get things personal. Again, we have a board of bar overseers that's kind of scary and is disbarring lawyers. Uh, you know you know that terrible joke? 99% of the lawyers give the rest a bad name. I don't know if you knew that, Dad. I did know that, but, I, but <laughs> you mentioned about that. I I've sometimes re re read, I do read the weekly journal that comes out for the, on the lawyers, and to, sometimes I'm surprised how... Uh, 
slap on the wrist they sometimes do with with oh, some of the attorneys. Boy. It seems to me they did, the punishment isn't severe enough sometimes oh, for some boy. of the uh, things that go and on. And I see a lot of the opposite. Again, that's a chapter two in my books. I talk about I try to give lawyers an education as to the mistakes that others have made yeah. that they can learn by and not do those stupid yeah. mistakes. But the, one of the worst mistakes that I ever saw, and I don't know, are you are you uh, are you about to wind up? No. Uh, okay, okay, good. For plenty of time. Okay, very good. Well, I, I can talk to you forever. I know that. But one of the mistakes, the worst ones I ever saw, was the lawyer who borrowed somebody's handicap placard to get a parking space in the Boston courts. You know, when you go to Boston to park, right. it's $42 an hour right. to go to court in Boston. That's why one of the advantages of the Zoom is I don't have to drive. I don't have to face the traffic. I don't have to pay $42 an hour to get a parking space legal. So this fellow borrowed a handicap placard, and the police of the city of Boston were out looking for lawyers who were using really? handicap Really? Just for lawyers? Correct. Really? Near the courthouse, they would find all these handicap placards, yeah. and they would check them out. So this one fellow used a handicap placard, got caught once, and is disbarred and can't get his ticket back. So you talk about extreme penalties really? for using a handicap placard? That's a little extreme, I think. I would say so. Yeah. I would say so. Yeah. Again, a lot of lawyers— What's that a lousy lawyer defending him? He no. I, he had actually a very good lawyer who's a dear friend of mine. Who does specialty in representing. There are certain lawyers that specialize in everything these mm -hmm. days, and so he had a specialist yeah. in defending uh, mal uh, the board of bar overseers' complaints. And so there's lots of those going on. I have a dear friend of mine who uh, I helped in a bankruptcy case. And as a result of him saying really stupid things to the bankruptcy judge, the judge says, I'm going to report you to the Board of Bar Overseers because I think you're incompetent. <laughs> and that fellow's in the middle of losing his license to practice just because he was advocating for a client and the judge thought he was an idiot. And so you never know there are extremes, but again, um, Getting your license back, a lot of lawyers tried to do that. We have some outstanding lawyers in Malden. I won't mention their names. You know them very well. They are friends of yours and mine uh, who have lost their license and never got it back. Yeah, yeah. And it's very difficult. Yeah. To get a license back, you have to be going to educational programs. You have to be doing charitable things. You have to show where your income and expenses are. I mean, they put you through the worst uh, tests in order for you to get your license back if you get this bad. And uh, again, a lot of uh, great lawyers have been this bad. You know, F. Lee Bailey, I mean, a whole bunch of great lawyers were this bad and lost their licenses. Yes, Tommy Davis, back. right? Uh, exactly. A lot, yeah. of, a lot of famous names, yeah. If, if, um, if I may, um, if someone were to come to you and they felt that financially they were overextended, they couldn't see themselves being able to resolve their problem, um, at what point can you make a determination that that, in a general sense, that that person may be someone who could qualify for filing bankruptcy? Because that in itself isn't that easy, I don't think. You have to... That's an hour speech that I gave a few days ago at oh. my temple, actually. Interestingly, I didn't think that the temple members were going to be interested because I thought they were all wealthy and going to my temple. Right. But I had a packed house uh, to learn about 
bankruptcy and alternatives to bankruptcy. Right. There are many, many alternatives. I try to avoid filing bankruptcy for people as often as I can because it does put a black mark on your credit for 10 years, although I can teach people how to restore their credit in about three years. But I tell people an interesting thing that uh, you, you and other listeners may find interesting is a lot of people who are the senior citizens come in and say they'd like to file bankruptcy, and I tell them, well, if I do, it's going to screw, screw up your credit report for several years. Then the, I say to them, are you going to buy anything? And they say, I'm not planning to buy anything. And I say, well, if you're not planning to buy anything, then who cares about your credit score? And people don't understand that. They say, oh, my credit score is very important to me. It's only important if you're going to buy something. If you're not going to buy anything, who cares? And so uh, for people who worry about their credit scores, I tell them, that's not an issue for me, and it shouldn't be for you. In a couple of years, I'll help you restore your credit anyway. And if you're going to go out and buy a car, if you filed bankruptcy yesterday, instead of paying 3 4 5 or 6% interest, they'll charge you a 10 or 12% interest. But they'll sell you car deals, they'll sell you a car. That's what people are usually buying. They're not usually buying houses every week, every year, every, and even if you're going to buy one in a couple of years. A couple of years, I'll reinstate you and show you how to do that. But your question is a good one. And that is, when people come in to see me, generally, I need to see that they have at least 20000 in debt. Because if they don't have 20000 in debt, then other alternatives to bankruptcy will work. And so people don't understand. People get sued these days, especially with COVID. The process through the court system is so long. They're so short of help. Uh, the time that it takes to get things that would take me a week now takes a month or two out of the courts to get judgments, to get executions approved by the court. It takes forever. So I tell people, look, if you don't want to pay the bill uh, by me maybe offering a settlement, some creditors will take 50, 40, 30 percent to settle if you're able to raise a lump sum to pay a bill. Uh, other people will uh, say, I don't want to pay them anything. And I say, no problem. I'll defend you in court. In court, Massachusetts, we have a speedy trial system. Our speedy trials are within three years. There's a speedy trial in Massachusetts. And so I tell them, don't worry. I'll defend you. You'll give me a few hundred bucks. I, I'm, my wife always complains I don't charge people enough money, but in any event. Uh, so I'll you, charge you a couple hundred dollars. I'll defend you in court. And then about three years, we'll worry about how you're going to pay. People don't understand there is a risk if you're working. I have a lot of people who are on workers' comp, Social Security, um, unemployed, um, family support, things like that. There's like a half a dozen different things that if you are in that category, the debt collectors cannot collect from you. So if they take you to court and ask, I want an order that they pay 10 bucks, 50, 100 bucks a week, a month, whatever, the judge will say, sorry, I'm throwing this case out because the person has no earned wages. And your earned wages have to be more than 600 a week in order for them to attach your pay. If you're earning more than 600 a week, then your pay could be attached after the creditor gets a judgment. I just told you three years to get a judgment. But after they get a judgment, sometimes it's sooner, but uh, after they get their judgment against you, then they have to file another proceeding to attach your pay. And the creditor can get up to 15% of your wages paid to the creditor. A lot of people who would lose 15% of your wages every week or biweekly, they can't pay their food and their rent anymore. 
And so um, it takes a lot of thought. I usually tell people uh, I have a first consultation is free. It's an hour and a half. I give you a list of homework, about 10 pages of homework that I need you to fill out. I need to see your tax returns. I need to see your credit report. I need to see your last two months of wage statements. A whole bunch of, I need to see a deed for your house. I need to see if you have a homestead. A lot of people don't understand. A homestead document is just a simple piece of paper that's recorded at the Registry of Deeds. It costs $45 to record the thing, and it protects 500 500,000 in equity of your house from being reached by creditors. That's until, it's a wonderful thing. But at, but wouldn't they also at some point beyond the, the 500,000 that at some point when you died or, or uh, sold a home, so it, sometimes that those attachments would... That, absolutely true. So yeah. you have to be having planned ahead. Most people have property that they own jointly or in a realty trust. That's the way to go. Uh, and uh, we have, I forgot to say, one of the lawyers does estate planning, and so we do that as asset protection. A lot of people come in to see me, and I had a lady about a year ago who came in to see me. She ran over a fellow on a motorcycle, and he lost his leg. So she came in to see me about asset protection, which is not something not many lawyers know how to do, but I do, and so we're able to resolve her case without her losing her beautiful $2 million house that she had only half a million dollars in equity on because of the homestead. She did more insurance liability than her She did, and that's what... That was the rest of the reason why we settled, because she had a half a million dollar insurance policy, but right. losing a leg is worth a lot more than a yeah, half a million. Right. No one would want to live yeah. with a leg. Do you find in bankruptcy situations currently that you that you sometimes maybe interact with individuals that they tend to be more likely to be older or younger today? Um, that's a, a good mix. I have a hearing tomorrow, and a fellow's probably 40 years old. Yeah. He's, in, he's actually a very unusual fellow. He went to Ethiopia. He's an Ethiopian. He's fighting for his country yeah. right now and unfortunately had a lot of debt. Uh, he owns a couple of family houses yeah. in Somerville, and so I have a hearing tomorrow for him, a young fellow. On the other hand, I've done um, several <coughs> bankruptcies in the last few weeks with people with senior citizens that just want to end the chase. And so I'm able to, for senior citizens, it's pretty easy because all their income is usually exempt. Social Security, they may have a few dollars in the bank. They may have a lousy car. Uh, they may have a house with less than a half a million equity. So they're easy bankruptcies to file. Do you find sometimes the reason that people are in that dilemma is because they've been solicited for credit cards and that type of installment Absolutely. And That's the most frequent, yeah. Without realizing they've overwhelmed their own ability yep. to pay. People max out one credit card yeah. and they'll get another one. Yeah. And another one. If they're working especially, credit cards are sending credit cards out to people all the time. Yeah. It's unbelievable. And so um, that is the frequent, the snowballing effect. You say, hey, I'll go out and buy myself a new car. You use a credit card for a couple of grand. And uh, next thing you know is now they have no credit to be able to pay for their necessities of life. And so, but I do a lot of people who say, uh, if I file bankruptcy, I'm going to lose all my credit cards. I say, you might, that's but good. fortunately, <laughs> and that's a good thing. And again, they've made some new crazy rules for people who want to file bankruptcy. You have to take a credit uh, finance course 
in order to qualify to file bankruptcy as a human today. Biggest waste of money, but that's what George Bush did in order to loosen up the bankruptcy creditors laws in 2005. 2005, I had lines at my door to file bankruptcy because they had re re released a lot of the strict rules for filing bankruptcy. Yeah. But it is an amazing thing. Bankruptcy, as I say, is a uh, blessing. It was created in 1898 when uh, the uh, legislators realized that people in debt um, cannot do work, they can't sleep, they can't eat, they can't drink, they can't enjoy their life. They become what's called non-productive members of society. So right in the Bankruptcy Act, it says to give people a fresh start, created the bankruptcy, wipes out all your past mistakes. On the day you file bankruptcy, Chapter 7, all your debt is gone, except a couple of things, you know, uh, divorce support, uh, mortgages, taxes, a couple of things like that. The IRS is entitled to get IRS, their money. They always are. They're, yeah. they're wicked to deal with in bankruptcy. Uh, you, but, but it's much easier in bankruptcy for the most part. Do you, have any, do you have occasion with the, the negotiating with the IRS to compromise a debt with somebody, in which case they'd get something rather than – because they pep, they pile on the interest if you if you if you For owe sure. on the IRS. For sure. You have people advertising on the radio, all these CPA and accounting firms that will negotiate uh, with you to uh, save you a lot of money, and that truly does happen because the IRS realizes that they have you sign a federal penalties of perjury asset in the uh, liability statement, so that they know exactly what you are worth and what the odds are of them ever collecting anything more. So you hear people settling hundred thousand dollar bills for a thousand, five thousand. 10,000, and that does work. Well, I don't do that stuff. I do everything else, though. All right. On that note, if someone is interested in any of the subject matter that we've talked about today, whether it's joining the Kiwanis or dealing with some of the life's complications from financial distress, Jordan's law office is located where? 105 Salem Street, right down the street from the high school. Right next to the high school on the other side of uh, Holden Street. On the and other again, side of Holden Street. I appreciate okay. you coming uh, by, and I'm sure that uh, we'll... We could have either gone another hour or two and brought up a lot of uh, other things, and we'll sure. put you down for a future show. I would enjoy that. I could talk about my beautiful wife and my four sons. We can do that. Some other time. We had a, <laughs> we had a TV show. My three sons. We I have a great